This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, welcome to Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. My name is Erica Lance. My co-host today with me is C.R. Rice. This is an episode of C.R. Rice. I I dragged her in to help me co-host. And our guest today is the incomparable Brian Finney. Okay, we're going to talk again about what we're drinking so people can follow along. I am drinking Angry Orchard Peach Mango Hard Fruit Cider. I really like this. I I like it way too much. Okay. Uh, CR, what are you drinking? I actually upgraded. I went from rum and Coke to like rum and Dr. Pepper. Turns out I was out of Coke. So that's a pretty good mix. Yeah. Very exotic. What are you what are you drinking, Brian? I'm I'm very plain. Mine is a goose IPA. I love a IPA beer. And coming from England, I like beer, so it works. I, I understand completely. Okay. This is our rapid fire segment of questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. What is your favorite book of all time? Oh, um, <laughs> you said you were ready. You got to shake it out. You got to get ready. Uh, Cloud, well, I, I have so many. That's the trouble. Cloud Atlas, shall we say, by David Mitchell is one of them. Why? What is your guilty pleasure Why? book, though? Why first, and then you can do Bill's favorite book. Why is because it's so cleverly done. It's in six segments that are end halfway through each segment and then, you know, reverse themselves in the second half of the book so that they complete the the original bit and finish up back in the 19th century. It goes from the 19th century to the 22nd century, shall we say. Tremendous. Mm. Okay, now your question, CR. What is your guilty pleasure book? Like the book that you've read that you secretly enjoyed, but you would never tell anybody. Oh Everybody has one. They do. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 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 Lady Chatterley's Lover. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's pretty cool. Okay. What is um, the least favorite book you've ever read? Ooh, the least favorite book. Actually, it could it could be Finnegan's Wake. Joyce oh, wow. Finnegan's Wake. Uh, you know, really? Academics spend their entire lifetime analyzing it, and, and it's incredibly clever. I mean, written by obviously a genius who said that he hoped that um, you know he he would persuade professors to spend the rest of their lives reading it. And um, for me, it's uh, what shall I say? It's an, <laughs> It's an insult, you know. I mean, I, I, I it, there's, there's not, there's very little emotional content to it. It's almost entirely cerebral, so um, I don't like it. No, that makes sense. Right. Okay, yeah. so you in Money Matters, you were talking about, which is one of your novels for everybody that needs to catch up with what we're talking about. Um, you said that she listens to music. What kind of music does she listen to? Uh, Taylor Swift. Beyonce. Do you listen to Taylor Swift? Uh, yeah. yeah. My favorites. Love really? Oh, that is God. amazing. <laughs> so is that what you listen to while you're writing? 
Do you uh, just throw I, it on in the background to like help I you get into it? I normally write to music actually, but I l listen to her when I'm in the car, should we say, or in, you know, wherever, about to have a drink. <laughs> what does your writing need to be like? There are those of us that can grab our laptops and go to a coffee shop or a bar and have a ton of noise and do totally fine. And then there are people that are like, it needs to be dead quiet. Like no noise, no motion. What is your writing environment like? I was brought up as a kid in a boarding school where, you know, immediately after dinner, you had this huge room where some people were playing ping pong and some people were listening to the radio and some people were having to do their homework. So uh, I learned not to be distracted by anything that was going on around me. So, as you say, I could just, I don't, but I could just as easily do it in a coffee shop as I can do it in, at home, which is where I do do it. But so where is, in your home, is your favorite place to write? Is it like your office? Do you go in the living room? Do you sit outside? I, I have a large master bedroom that's divided off with a, a microscope cabinet. And behind the cabinet is where I, where I, I have a desk and books and write. So that's where I, I like it. So your bedroom is divided by a microscope cabinet? Yes, my, my wife bought it from UCLA a long time ago, and uh, it, it, it you know works very well for storing clothes. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I was like, it seems like such a weird thing to have. I love well, We don't that. have any microscopes here. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's what I was wondering. Like, do, is that a hobby? Do you collect microscopes? And then, okay, I got it now. We're on the same page. I, I only get to, um, to use, like, four out of a potential, I can't remember, 20, 20 of the of the, the cabinets. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Wow. Do you like to... Go ahead, Erica. No, you go for it. What is... If you could pick any genre to write right now, like, would you stick to where you are and, like, or would you branch out and do something crazy? Like, would you want to do something with horror or complete sci-fi or romance or... If you just had the opportunity to like open an envelope and the perfect idea would be in it, like what genre would you choose? I, I, I toyed with the idea of writing a book uh, from the point of view of my dog. Would that, oh, that would be hysterical. That would be amazing. I might yet, you know, fall back on that. I don't know. <laughs> that would be very it would be, it would be a satire of contemporary, you know, America and, and all of them. <laughs> Well, it would be interesting what your dog thinks of COVID. Indeed. Yes, it would. I think he would thoroughly approve of it because he gets to have a lot more company that way. Oh, I Great. Know. So how was COVID for you? You did write a book in COVID, but how was it in general for you? Because you're in California. We're unfortunately in Florida where our governor pretends like COVID doesn't exist or is a made up thing, whatever is happening right now politically. But um, what's it like? Because I have friends in California. You guys went into a much more severe lockdown than we did in 2020 particularly during the summer we we did have a very severe lockdown and it was very very strange because you know you would still be talking to neighbors you know but from a, across the road shall we say and i mean you know we didn't we, we did and um, i and my wife we didn't shop we had everything delivered uh i mean it was luckily you know we had each other's company and that was that was basically apart from zooming and apart from telephone telephoning that was all the socializing that we did or had and you did you finish that entire other book during the pandemic in yes i did i did 
and and it, it incorporates. I mean, it, 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 the book ends, it climaxes the day that every, it's in Northern California, and it's set in 2020. Even though I was writing it in later 2020, and it finishes the day that the lockdown occurred, when all the schools closed and the offices closed, and you know the whole thing came. Do, are you in any writers' groups? No. Yeah. Oh, well, that was a very quick answer. The way that <laughs> I, I feel like I, there's a story to that. That was very. <laughs> that was so fast. <laughs> I go. I go to um, a, a life drawing workshop instead. I, I, I like. Uh, my father was a painter. Uh, you know, full time artist and taught art, and um, and I I love drawing in particular, life drawing. So, oh wow. Mm -hmm. Do you um so what you said you're working on book three? Do you actually how far have you planned out books, or do you just kind of being whimsical about it now? This particular one, I'm planning more intricately than I've ever done before. But that's partly because I'm not I don't feel ready to sort of go in there and start dashing off writing writing it. But do you have more planned? Like I I, I don't know about you, but I I have to keep like little voice notes and little notes because I come up with ideas all the time. Do you have a similar thing? Yeah, I, uh, whoops, I have, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a, various documents in a folder and I, whether they're notes, either research notes as to say like, you know, how does the SEC pursue, you know, defaulters, etc. Or I have a, an outline that, that it, I try and keep bare. I don't like to, uh, flesh it out at all. I just like to have the actual event that's going on um, because I, I like to leave myself free to, you know, allow the people to, the, the characters to talk and behave as they would. And I don't know that until I interact them with one another. Where'd you get the idea for your books at? Like, were you just sitting somewhere? Did you watch something? All, all my books have um, a, a, a political background. Um, they don't. They don't originate with a political background. But you know, the first book, Money Matters, was very much concerned with immigration, which if you we might not remember being in Florida, but the California election was all about immigration. And in fact, uh, the Republican candidate Meg Whitman uh, was, of course, anti-immigration. And then it turned out that right near the election, she had an illegal immigrant working for her, which completely sunk her chances. So, um, you know, that's what's going on in the background of that one. The, the current one uh, has uh, both the, the, the conspiracy theories underlying, uh, you know, the response to COVID, particularly QAnon in, in, as part of its background. Um, and also the primary elections of 2020 were going on at that time. And it, it covers those and the rise of COVID it, beginning in a very historical way. So the, the early days in the book, exactly what happened, um, you know, in terms of statistics, in terms of numbers, in terms of who, how many, you know, Chinese were sick with COVID or what have you. And then gradually it takes off into a fictional sphere, um, no longer lies upon the actuality, but still depicts the potential. Your search history <laughs> has to be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, I learn a lot, I must say, yes. I, you know, I, I know more about those things. QAnon, for example, none of my friends had heard of it at the beginning of 2020 when I was beginning to write about it. Uh, by the end of the year, by the time I'd finished writing it, everybody knew about it. Yeah, no, the most recent thing I saw was about the surfer and that, and then 
anyway, wizard people. Yeah. Very interesting. Snake <laughs> DNA, whatever the hell that means. Snake DNA. Sometimes I swear reality, like you, we couldn't <laughs> write this stuff if we tried. I agree like, with you. I agree. I agree. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Will you finish a book if you start it and don't like it? Uh, no, I won't. No. I mean, unless I'm, unless I have to for professional reasons, I wouldn't. No. But normally would speaking, you scrap the whole thing or would you take the pieces you like out of it? And no, I'm like not reading, not not writing a book. Reading oh, a book. yes, that's no. what I understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I I don't believe in you know life. Life is precious, and I don't believe in spending time going on reading something that I'm not enjoying. Did your has your um, wife read your books? Yes, she did, and and and, and offered the uh, uh, initial critique. <laughs> she, she's she offered like, critique around how you were writing the female character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's one of my severest critics. <laughs> I've always said. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, mm. How many words per day can you write when you're on a roll? I'm on a roll. I, I, you know, I, I don't add them up. But between one and two thousand, we're saying. You, know, that sort of you, you found cover artists and stuff like that. What was that like? Did you describe what you wanted, or did they have a book? Like when you found your cover artists, how did that go? Uh, I looked through existing covers and said, okay, these are the kind of covers that I like, and then we gradually narrowed it down. Um, for example, with dangerous conclusions, uh, conjectures, because it has the, this couple whose life is, uh, what shall I say, put in danger by all the external circumstances, then internalized by them. So the marriage nearly falls apart, but doesn't. I, I have a, if you like, a, a tear in, I mean, what looks like a tear, separating the two characters on the on the title. And that was that was my idea. Very cool. Wait. Go ahead, Chelsea. Is there something that you have to have every single time you're writing? Like whether it's like you have to have like a coin to like play with your hand while you work something through or something to drink or a snack. Like, is there something that helps you get through your process? Uh, not at all. I, I, I mean, I really like, I enjoy writing. It's something that comes easily to me. I've done it all my life and I don't need any kind of inducement or um, whatever you like to say, comfort comfort toy or anything. <laughs> I was going to say he's British. It's going to be tea. That's how that works, right? <laughs> it, would, it would be. Actually, and I do stop. Whatever I'm doing, if I'm writing, I do stop at four o'clock and make myself a cup of tea, yes. The one See? British... I, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> I'm a it's a very good way of breaking the afternoon up before cocktail time. <laughs> yes. You, um, do you get writer's block? Do you feel like you get any kind of form of writer's block? Well, I haven't until now, but uh, at the moment, I'm, it isn't so much writing block as idea block, but at the moment, I'm, I'm not ready to write all I want to write. Uh, so th there's a kind of block. But I don't feel as though, you know, I'm frozen. I mean, a friend of mine was completely, she was completely blocked during the, the COVID year. Couldn't, she could not write anything at all. Eventually, she broke into a blog as her way of, Getting, getting out of it, but it just completely froze her. No, it, it did that. Uh, we talked to a lot of people. I know a lot of people who, you know, we kind of think as writers that are not full-time writers that we're like, 
we're at home. We're going to write. And that's not how it worked out for everybody at all. No, not at all. No, um, I was lucky. I mean, I consider myself lucky that, you know, it comes naturally, comes easily rather to me. Okay. What is your favorite book to TV or movie? Uh, book to movie? Um, Lawrence's uh, Women in Love. Love the, the movie of that. It's great. I think. And what is your least yeah. favorite? Um, hmm, that's hard to say. Uh, I, I, um, oh God, I can't answer that one. I can't. I can't. <laughs> um, I'll probably remember as soon as we stop talking. No, I just. I mean, I think there's a lot of movies that were books that they didn't actually do anything with the book in the movie. Exactly. They like, took the idea and spun a different direction. I mean, it's a different medium, and it and it calls for the story being told in a different way, a much more visual way and not a verbal way. And too often they try and fit all the plot in, so on, which it, they don't have time to do it. I think doing things on screen is easier than doing it in writing. Now, on screen, you can show those little things, you know. But then, like when you're writing, you have to be so careful about how you say and fit it into your book so it doesn't become wordy. Exactly, exactly. And yet, and yet, as you say, you've got to give them a minimum amount of information. Right. Yeah. Is yeah. there anything that you have for, like, Money Matters? Was there something that helped inspire you as far as the character choice you made in choosing to do it from, like, a younger girl's perspective versus... Well, um, I've always sort of... Uh, I, I've been been very impressed with Jung and his theories. I, I mean, I'm not a Jungian or anything, but I, I like his ideas. And one of his ideas is that we all have, um, in my case, an anima, in your case, an animus. You know, in other words, the opposite gender. It might, it might be uh, a minority part of you, but it's there. You've given the majority part, it's, you know, the outlet, so to speak. But I think that what I was doing was drawing on my anima in constructing her. Um, in other words, you know, I allowed myself, I allowed the, the feminine repressed part of myself expression. Well, that makes sense. What about, um, so I think as writers, we all have interesting things we do that the editor comments on. Yeah. Yeah. And says, stop doing this. And yeah. some people do it the same thing over and over. Some people evolve what they're doing to drive their editor completely crazy. What are some of your little things that you you have to pay attention to when you're writing because your editor's going to be like, stop doing that? <laughs> um, mainly, although I've learned in the second book to do it less, um, <clears throat> trying to get your ideas expressed by one of the characters. Um, you know, so the, it, the book then no longer appears natural. You know, you, you, the reader becomes aware of the fact this is the author's idea and not the, and not, not the characters. So I have okay. to avoid, avoid that. No, that makes sense. What will throw you out of a story when you're reading it? What is like something that is absolutely, you're like, and I'm done? <laughs> um, I mean, I mean main, mainly credibility. Uh, you know, if, 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 if the character starts acting out of character um, or, uh, or speaking out of character, or if the character is clearly being manipulated in order to achieve a particular effect, 
that effect is lost on me. I mean, it's no longer believable, which is why I mentioned credibility. So I think that's, that's my take on that. Well, that makes sense. Okay, Chelsea, you're going to get the final question. No pressure. It better be amazing. Okay, what if it has nothing to do with writing, though? Because I'm just genuinely curious. No, go for it. Okay, if you could be any animal, like crazy animal, that you could just like randomly decide to choose into and just like walk away from a situation, what would it be? I didn't really fully understand that question. Okay, so if you could, if let's say you're bored one day and you're yeah. done with your situation and you could right. just turn into any animal and just like walk away, what would it be? Oh, um, mm, mm, monarch butterfly. Oh, you would choose a butterfly. I like that. They spend their entire time, you know, buzzing around in the air with each other, having a wonderful time. They don't live very long, but they clearly have a great life whilst they, they're alive. You know? I have a, several of them in the front yard because I grow plants to attract them there. <laughs> That's amazing. I got to say, I've asked that question all the time and everybody always says the same things like a cat, a dog, a bird. I've never heard a butterfly before. And I think that might be the greatest answer ever. <laughs> A friend of mine said she would turn into a puffer fish. And I said, I'm sorry, what? She's like, I will turn into a puffer fish. And I'm like, that is one of the least practical answers I've ever heard anybody say. So now I make it a point when we're when I find little puffer fish coasters or whatever, I just send them to her. I'm like, here's your spirit animal, my friend, your puffer fish, the great puffer fish. Okay. We're wrapping up. Brian, tell people how to um, find you on social media and things. Uh, well, I have an extensive website with all, all my work and my life and et cetera um, at bhfinney, F-I-N-N-E-Y, at bhfinney.com. And all my uh, printable or publish, published work, at any rate, is on Amazon. That's still in print. Um, and I post on Instagram irregularly, but at least two or three times a week. <laughs> and that is uh, my, my uh, what do you call it? A name there is Brian Finney Writer. Perfect. So, Perfect. Thank you so much for being on this podcast with us. You are awesome. That was and amazing. Nice talking to you. Yes. And so just, I know you're a little stuck on book three right now, but what is your goal date for book three? I Luckily, I don't have a goal date. I, so I, I don't, you know, I, I had enough pressure with goals whilst I was working. Now I give myself the freedom to just do it as it happens. Okay, well, pick, pick, up, up, pick up book one and two and then pressure him on Instagram for book three. He'll love that. You have been awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. My pleasure. Okay, it's been Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs. I've been Erica Lance. My co-host has been C.R. Rice. Our amazing guest has been Brian Finney. And we will see you next time. <laughs>